Welcome. I'm Faye Waterman, the Conversation Curator, and this is What's Your Superpower, the podcast. And my beautiful guest today is Katie Gordon. And Katie is the founder of Dietless Living, personal health leadership, weight loss programs, weight loss, health, happiness, and lifestyle. Welcome, Katie, and thank you for your time. Hi, Faye. It's lovely to be here. Thanks for inviting me along. My pleasure. Now, Katie, we're going to be talking about and sharing what your superpowers are. But first, I think we need to know a little bit about who you are and where you come from and how you got to where you are today. Let's share a little bit of where you've come from and how you created dietless living and what was the whole thing behind creating dietless living that inspires you to help and support others? Oh, such a big question, Faye. Let me try and give you a reasonably short answer. Essentially, I was a very shy, socially awkward country kid. In, in a nutshell, and uh, I put on a bunch of weight when I was 21. I'd always been kind of athletic before then. It was such a surprise, a bit outside the box for me. I didn't know how that happened, and it, like, happened really quickly. And essentially who I've become is a person who has had to really dig deep into who I am to understand why I couldn't manage to lose the weight permanently. I could lose weight, but I I really just couldn't keep it off. And it was this constant kind of reflecting and wanting to know what's going on inside of this this person that is controlling me. It always felt like there was a little Katie in there, you know, sort of operating me and uh, how I could... Uh, get control of that myself as an adult you know you sort of you come through your 20s you think you're adult you're not and you know you go through your 30s you still think you're an adult you're not (laughs) and then you get into your 50s and it's like now I'm feeling mature I'm feeling like I have control over me and so really the whole thing of what who I am now is simply this person I've had to understand who I was through delving into who I was if that makes sense yeah what was the trigger point that made you and you said you know you're not an adult when you're in your 20s your 30s your 40s and you kind of come into that when you turn 50 plus we're adults but there are lots of things I suppose going on in life that take the focus away from who we are and as you said that little girl sitting in the background there having that bit of a chatter to you and you're not quite sure what's going on there and then all of a sudden there's a trigger point that says to you ah I know now What was that like for you when you discovered that you did have control over your weight and that you could do great things for yourself to make yourself feel beautiful from the inside out 
instead of feeling not Katie, the Katie that you used to know, the athletic Katie. Now, that is actually the premise of, of my evolution is I can distinctly define who, like two Katies. And there's there's a, it's almost like a split personality, although it's not, but I can define by the way I feel when I switched from, this is really hard to explain actually, because Katie, who anyone who ever knew me from my, you know, right through to my 40s, would describe me in a very different way to people who've met me since I turned 46. They would not see the correlation between the two. I'm I'm those both those people. I just have learned how to be this other Katie. And this other Katie is a much more compassionate, um, softer, playful person than the other Katie. The other Katie is very funny, but she's very sharp. You know, she's got a bit of a sharp wit and it's not always delivered in a, a nice way sometimes. You know, many a truth was said in jest. And I had some pretty rough edges really as a nice way to sum it up. But I, I was a genuinely nice human being, but I didn't show it very well to people, to be honest. I kept that well well under wraps. Um, and I think that's it for me to the pivotal point for me was when I actually could sense and feel the difference between the two and make a conscious choice to move over to, okay, so I'm being this person who's got all her rough edges showing. I don't really think I like being in that kind of energy. I'd rather be this person over here who um, I think we've talked about this before where I've I've stopped objectifying the world and started humanising it. And that lets me be this other version of myself, which is someone who really has a lot more smooth edges. You put it very nicely. You know, you say you had some rough edges and things like that, but that's Katie. That's Katie, who Katie is. And I think that with what's your superpower, your superpower is being true to you and being that person that people either accept or they don't accept. And it's like, you know, everyone being themselves, you either like that person as they are or someone tries to make you conform to be something else that you're not. So you've just taken yourself from that beautiful Katie into another beautiful Katie that has grown and expanded and seen the humanization of the world and you want to make it a better place not only for yourself but for others to feel good about themselves as well that's right because when we do that we we harmonize everybody around us we live a more harmonious life and it's really can I just say before you go on my friend once told me that um, a health professional said to them, you know, I think you're using a hammer, like you're reaching into your toolbox and you're using a hammer where you could just use a polishing cloth. 
Being kind to yourself, being gentle, because I think we as humans tend to be quite harsh on ourselves because we can look at ourselves in the mirror and go, oh, you know, and then you sort of think you might dress in something and you you know as well colour does things for you. It either swallows you up or it takes you and makes you stand out. It's really interesting for you at the age of 46 to recognise and to start making the changes that you had a choice to do in those earlier years, but it took you until 46 to take that leap of faith in yourself to make the changes for you, but not only for you, for others as well and to support others who could be younger to make that change earlier in their lives so you're giving them a gift. Gift of time, that is true. It's actually it's about a volition to to noticing when I'll speak from my own experience that noticing that I'm having a rough edge or I'm being in my rough edge kind of moment and and making a choice to move across to move over and go hey I think I'm being that I didn't have that awareness I think before about you know I was being rough and I had an option to be different I didn't really have control over my emotional state and I didn't really have much awareness of my mental processes that were causing that emotional drive yeah it could take something that really sparks a memory that you don't want to go back to to want to make that change so taking yourself to a place where I don't want to be like this anymore. But those rough edges for you are a part of who you are. Yes. And you say they're rough, but who who else would say they're rough edges? They are a part of you and people have to accept that. And what's rough edges? What do you mean by rough edges? Well, rough edges are when I'm behaving in a way that's not helping me to achieve what it is that I want to achieve. You know, there are different ways to move through life. Totally. Pushing and forcing is just one, and that's a rough edge, pushing and forcing my way through. Okay. Okay, because you can interpret that rough edge as, being loud and boisterous and all that sort of thing. Which it is because that's me pushing my way through. Yeah, hiding behind a mask that well, protects I, you from from being hurt. Yes, but I also only had one style. I hadn't really learnt that there were other ways to do things, you know. I was like, oh, really? You can, you can do it a different way? You can still get a like a good result, (laughs) you can still achieve things without, you know, pushing and forcing and trying to control the outcomes. But you're right, it's about um, protecting something inside. Usually it was to control my anxiety. If I controlled my, I could control my anxieties through controlling the environment. And if I had to try and control other people in in that environment, so be it. 
that was the pushing through, you know, I've got anxiety, these things are happening that's giving me anxiety, let me just fix that. Fix that. And that's a controlling mechanism, isn't it? Yeah. And we all have that in one way, shape or form, that we we want to control a situation or an environment that we're in and not look like we're having this anxiety attack inside us. We want yes. this mask to come up and protect us from what's going on. Because we feel so vulnerable, right? When you've got anxieties, you're feeling vulnerable for me feeling vulnerable in myself because I wasn't always really aware of what I knew what was giving me anxiety I wasn't always quite aware of the the depth of why it was giving me anxiety but you know it, it it's just this vulnerability I don't feel in control of myself my emotional states and what's happening like physically it's not just a, um, a an emotional thing or as we know emotions are physical you know it's biological and um, as much as it is psychological and that's a very vulnerable position because it it changes the way you're thinking and responding to things that whole mask thing is to show you that I'm not really weak I'm not really vulnerable I'll show you just <laughs> how kind of tough I am <laughs> tough exterior but jello in the inside do you know I never knew I had anxiety until um, I bought this, I love quizzes, and I bought this book. It's called The Big Book of Psychological Quizzes. It's a fabulous fun. And uh, I did one of the quizzes in there, as you do, and, you know, tick, 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 did all the thing, looked at the answers, and it said, you're riddled with anxiety, but nobody knows. You're the kind of person that is just cool, calm, and collected on the exterior and on the inside, you're a seething mass of, you know, anxiety. And it's like, oh, I've got anxiety. Is that what that is? I thought it was nausea. Isn't that a relief when you can actually see what's going on or, or kind of understand what's going on inside you? You've got all these stories and things going on and you, you're looking at the world and you're not feeling quite Katie as Katie wants to be. Yes. And then you do this quiz and you think, oh, okay, now I can do something about it. Yes. Because when you create that awareness, you can do something. But when you're not aware of what's going on, you can't change it. Very hard to fix. And that's what the whole diving in was. What the hell is going on here? Yeah. So what would one of your superpowers be for you that you'd recognize right when you were 46 the superpower that moved you into where you are today was that awareness of who you are what you've been for all your life and then all all of a sudden recognizing there is another Katie waiting to come out to shine her brilliance and her magic not only for herself, but to be able to help other people shine their brilliance and their magic when they start feeling good about themselves. 
my superpower is about that ability to just keep looking at a problem and pulling it apart. Like I literally spent so much time looking at things, observing myself and seeing what I did in situations and wondering why I couldn't do something different or why it felt too hard. Um, and the reading, you know, like I read a lot. I, I attend a lot of courses. I used to have five different books on the go because I'd have them littered around the house. So wherever I sat, I had a book to read. And I think it was that broadness of different topics, different authors, different people, um, philosophies on life that kind of helped me make a bigger picture of things. But it really is, I think my superpower really is my doggedness to just keep looking for what's going on because it's never one thing. That whole thing about peeling the layers back of the onion, it's not one thing. It's everything in life is a uh, like a composition of many things and just fixing one thing doesn't fix all things you know you it's it's that understanding that it's all a puzzle it's all many parts and how do those parts go together and sometimes they go together differently in different ways you know like we're all what is it we're all the same four things atoms I know molecules oxygen whatever but you know there's bridges there's rocks there's water it's all the same four things just put together differently and I think that's how our behaviors are it's generally these few different uh, components but they're all put together differently and they produce different results at different times I think that's my superpower is just that constant observation and looking and and just trying to work it out like from a, a distance, a logical point of view, but looking through myself, okay, that's what I'm doing. Hmm, what's that about? And it's recognising those things, isn't it? And we as humans are energy and we are vibration and we're constantly vibrating all the time, even though we don't feel it. I mean, the earth moves. We don't know that the earth's moving, but we are constant. And our soul is full of wisdom and wonder and so many different things. And we've got to delve deep to find that. And that's what you've done with yourself. Now you can take that and help others do the same. And you said something about vulnerability before. And vulnerability is a strength because if you can show that you're vulnerable, you're showing a strength and not being ashamed of whatever it is that you're having trouble with at that time and being vulnerable so that people, when you show up, people can see the true Katie, the Katie that has been here. And when you're helping people and you say, you can say that you understand, you can understand because you've experienced it. Whereas sometimes we can be talking to someone and 
having a conversation about something that they're experiencing. And if you've not experienced it, you can't say you understand because you've never experienced it. No. You're working with people who are vulnerable and putting their trust in you and your superpowers are coming out, just sort of there, supporting them, picking them up as they're sort of dropping, picking them up and moving them forward. I think weight and weight loss and diet and all those things are one of the toughest things that anyone can do because a lot of people use food for comfort. There's a lot of stresses going on in life, but you put a different twist on that now, don't you? Yes, it's just life, isn't it, right? That's the, These are the things that we need to accept that this is what a human life is. It's never sunshine, lollipops and roses all the time. It'd be nice. Well, (laughs) it would be nice. But, you know, the reality is we will always kick up the dust if things are going too well. Have you ever noticed that? You always throw a spanner in the works when everything, it's just running smoothly and then all of a sudden and you think, what happened there? I know, what happened there? (laughs) But it is just life, you know, things come and go. We get colds and flus. There's all kinds of things that happen. There's pandemics. People come and go in our life. People that, you know, we have to deal with our emotional states is really what it comes down to. And our greatest source of pain is that we can't handle our emotions. And so we spend most of our life dodging them in some way or other, whether we do it with food, shopping, yep, food, shopping, cigarettes, drugs, over-exercising, over-cleaning. We do all kinds of things to manage our emotional states and they're not always things that are are healthy or helpful for us. Like, you know, we need to be able to identify and rationalize and be able to express our emotions in healthy, helpful ways. And that's challenging because if we're trying to express ourselves to somebody else who isn't quite there at the same point of wanting or knowing what their emotional state is and they're having their response, which is their normal response. It might be to cry, it might be to throw their hands in the air, it might be to uh, yell, or it could be anything at all, walk away. Some people just walk away. But that then creates a trigger for us and we have to constantly be getting on top of our emotional states. And it's not to say that we shouldn't feel our emotions, you know, everyone's like, I, I think you're suppressing your anger, Katie, because we don't really see that in you anymore. And it's a, well, not really. I'm identifying it and I'm I'm expressing it in a better way now. I'm working through it and I'm really just getting to the point of going, okay, well, I feel pretty angry at the moment. But instead of sometimes it still comes out if it's a quick trigger something happens but generally I go off and I have a conversation with myself about it okay well what's going on man you know you're pretty riled up and working out for myself 
what the actual problem is because until we can identify what the emotion is and then identify what's uh, triggering that so you can get to actually what the problem is, then you can problem solve the problem, which will help resolve the anger. But generally we either let it all out with a spray, whether it's anger or happy or whatever, if, you know, when we're in love, we just go, oh, my God, I love you to bits. You know, we just gush over people. But instead of letting it out with a spray is to go, oh, I feel that. And I'm just going to work my way with that, through that. I'm going to kind of express it in the best way I can without, um, you know, drowning other people in it. Because that's ultimately what we do. We drown other people in it. Or we pop a cap on ours, especially if it's grief or something, you know, we can't, we think it's just going to sweep us away. And really emotions are, as we know, waves, they come and go. And so it's about going, all right, here it comes, it's coming up and let it come up, let it come out your eyes, however it's going to come out. But then just kind of let it go away as well. Sometimes we let it come up and then we feed it and it doesn't go away. But if we let it come up, just let it go, then it will subside. It might come again in two minutes, you know, with grief, that's how it works. Sometimes that's the same with anger. But we really, that's the crutch of everything, I think, is this understanding our emotional states. And then you get to smooth out your own rough edges. You get to have more smooth edges. You get to just have a better experience of life and of yourself. And it's, you keep on saying, you know, you're delving deep, but it's emotion. It's the root cause that you've got to find and work your way through it. And I find that people deal with the surface layers and they don't delve down and deal with the root cause because if you deal with the root cause, you can resolve the issue. And I think also that, and these are only my opinions, if we're going through something, an issue or whatever it might be, we have to remove the emotion from it and look at what actually is happening and that is delving into the root cause looking at what is actually happening. We tend to have, and I was having a conversation with somebody, a beautiful lady, quite a long time ago now, and a lawyer, and she said, when you're in emotional state, your intelligence drops. So you aren't in that space of really making a decision because you're so highly emotional, not saying that you're not intelligent at all, but you're so emotional that your intelligence isn't in the right frame to come up and overtake the emotion and work through the process. I like the analogy of uh, logic and emotion as the horse and the jockey. So your emotion is the horse, your logic is the, the jockey, And if you haven't got your jockey firmly seated in that saddle, when the emotion kicks in and your horse bolts, you're out. You're gone. You're gone. (laughs) And, you know, that's the whole thing is having them both 
you know, like you're on that wild steed, you know, from that you've caught a wild stallion and and just breaking it. You don't want to break its spirit, no. but you want to be able to ride that horse when it's in spirit. Mm. And and that's the whole thing. You just hit something that um, I, I really think is our spirit. We can't break that spirit in us. We've got to have that spirit it's recognizing those things that take that spirit away or suppress the spirit and getting back to you and how you've brought, come such a long way from where you were that you didn't like but you didn't know what it was or how to work through the processes. You've come to a space now where you support others to take them through a journey to bring them out the other end to recognise who they are and what they want in life, not what they need in life, but what they want in life. And to you help them recognise that. So that would be a superpower for you. Thank you. Yes, it would be. What other superpowers would you do you think that you have? Because we don't just have one. And I think people find it difficult to think, oh, gee, what is my superpower? But you're, you have many superpowers. But there are certain ones that really stand out. And I see with you the superpower of this gentle Katie taking on a client and nurturing them through the process and understanding the whole way what they're going through because you've been there and done that. And I and it's just that understanding that I've come to of what drives us. There are some very um, universal drivers in us and the way we operate that's just how it is and being able to help others to see that in themselves to differentiate what that is that's what I teach is that three systems of health consciousness which is how to differentiate when you're in these different segments of yourself and human behavior it's we're all the same we have our own unique experience happening in those moments. But being able to, for me, being able to go, I know what that is now. Before I didn't know what that was, I was completely bewildered about my own self and that left me feeling powerless in my ability to direct my own life. So whilst I still go through the same challenges and struggles of life that we have to go through I now have an ability to go I know what my response is there and I understand why that is happening and I can see that if I can move over to here which I've you know earlier on kind of termed happier smoother Katie but if I move over to here this is me being the jockey controlling the horse instead of the horse controlling the jockey if I can just get that in perspective and understand myself, then I can get 
my jockey, on my horse, and we can, you know, run the race together, whatever that race is going to be, or we can pull it up and just kind of take a rest under a tree and take a minute to work out what's going on and find a new strategy. There's there's this constant working together of self. And then until we have that universal understanding of ourself, we just kind of struggle with it all the time. And, and to me, I think that is my superpower. I call, everyone talks about the inner critic, mind's an inner bastard. And it's <laughs> being able that. to just go, I call it bastard voice. Hey, bastard voice, there you are. How are you today? You know, like you've got, obviously got a bit to say because I'm feeling you in there. So let's have a chat about that before you, you know, anaesthetize me and put me in the boot of the car and take off because sometimes that's how it used to feel was that I would be like, I want to do this and my brain would be going, that ain't happening today, baby. I'm just going to pop you in the boot of the car. You're no longer in the driver's seat. And being able to get ourselves in a place where we feel empowered within ourselves to at least understand what the driving forces are, then we feel that we have some control over us. And remember I said earlier, I used to have anxiety because I was trying to control out external things or rather I had anxiety which was driven by my internal you know, mind and what it was perceiving was my environment. And then I'd try and control everyone else. But now I go, okay, so that's happening. I feel that. Let's have a conversation with myself about what really is happening. Is it, could it be something else? You know, there's a whole bunch of perspectives that we could be taking here. And being able to just bring myself back into a place of sometimes not really calm, sometimes just a bit more stable. But unless we can have proper conversations with ourselves, then we we can't really make the best choices. We're always going to be butting up. Like life is hard enough without having to create more problems for ourselves by trying to bulldoze our way through things or you know, whatever our particular style is for making our way through the particular who's who in our various zoos of life. I love it. You, and it is, it's it's having that awareness of who we are and stopping and being in the moment, being in the moment because yesterday's gone, tomorrow doesn't exist. All we have is right now yes. and what we have to do is deal with whatever that issue or whatever is going on right now, good, bad or ugly, and we work through that process. Give us an example, Katie, of one issue that you've worked through with a client and seen the result that they've had and how excited they are about that. I had um, one client who came to me um, 
they didn't actually have a weight problem. They were referred to me by a previous client and she referred this person to me because she knew that what I do really is for the whole of how we live our life. It's not just about the weight. It's it's mm. how we live our life that contributes to our weight. Mm -hmm. And this person came to me, they were in a... Um, a particular state of their life they they didn't have a home to live in they weren't homeless per se they they just moved quickly from place to place and they were sort of in between places but having a home was very important to them as it is for most of us um they were just in this in-between place of everything that they thought was their life and now they've like got, well there's none of that going on and they were very um very low like just the pits and so through the work it, they were in that what I call living in a state of survival where we're not even able to grasp our logical conscious self because we're just in too much flux and through the process so the program is 28 weeks seems a long time and if you're in that state of survival you're going I ain't got 28 weeks mate to get a handle on this I want my fix and I want it now and that's natural to to want that but it's through the process and so the they moved quickly really from that state into a slightly better feeling state because every week they did the activity to their credit it's not to the credit of the course or me it's to their credit they did the work if you don't do the work you don't get the result but they applied themselves so even in their heightened state of survival and not being able to concentrate not being able to you know sit solidly and think about things and trying to work out where they're going to live and what they're doing they sat and did the work every week and by the end of that six months their whole life had changed they'd gotten their own place they'd gotten back into a new career that they were sampling and trying because they'd been trying to move out of this other one they were emotionally back together. They felt that they had much more control over themselves. They were, you know, back out socialising and doing their sport and living their life. And that person just said couldn't believe the difference between where they were there and where they were here because when they rang, when we were on the phone, it was, I'm, you know, I'm in the hole. I don't know how to get out. And at the other end, it was, oh, my God, like this breath of fresh air, I'm here. I, I can't believe that I was ever going to be away from that. That felt like my life sentence. And they they took the steps up the ladder to get out yes. of the hole and start living their life through the support of you. Yes. They followed and the steps and they went they, they just literally followed the steps up the ladder. You're right. They had they climbed the ladder. Yeah. And the results are that people then see that where they were and where they are today, you have to take action. You cannot get results if you don't take the action. If you don't put the effort in, nothing happens. 
change you have doesn't to happen by osmosis, right? <laughs> it doesn't. So, Katie, I'm going to ask you to tell me three of your main superpowers. I can see lots, but I want you to <laughs> tell me three of your superpowers that you can honestly say and be really proud of. My first superpower, I think, is one that I've, I've been told by others. So in a work reference, I will be told, Katie has the rare ability to see the big strategic picture but has the fortitude and the the focus to get in and do the detail that brings that to life. And that really is what dietless living is. Big picture, these are the details that get you there. My other superpower, which I feel has been more acquired over life, over the journey, which is to be able to see or or sense what's going on, on for a person, how why they're being the way they are, which allows me to then kind of step back and allow them that space. So I suppose it's an understanding of human nature and behaviour. Third one, I guess it is, like I said before, just I'm an empirical person. I will dive for those little nuggets down the bottom I need to break things apart so I can put them back together and know how that solution works if I can't pull it apart I can't understand how the mechanisms work when I can do that and I can understand how things work then I can improve my life but teach it to others because until I can see all the parts I can't properly teach it to somebody else thank you Katie What a wonderful conversation. As I said, I can see lots of superpowers that you have which bring you to those bigger, bigger, bigger superpowers. And I think it's really important for you to recognise your superpowers so that you can actually go forth into this big wide world and use them to support your clients and anyone that crosses your path that needs help. Thank you, Faye. Thank you very much. I'm Faye Waterman, the Conversation Curator. This has been What's Your Superpower, the podcast. We will be back again with another What's Your Superpower. Thank you, Katie Gordon, for being amazing and creating dietless living. I like that. Thank you. Thank you, Faye.